0: says Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you, like we normally do, to take many moments to greet each other, but about a quarter of us are not here because we're sick, and I hear a few coughs in this place. So, I'm just saying, you might want a knuckle bump or elbow bump or something other than shake hands. Alright? It's up to you, but I won't be offended.
1: Church family, can you begin making your way back to your seats? So, we've been celebrating the season of Advent together the last few weeks. And last week, we looked at awe and wonder at the gift of Jesus revealed to us. And we celebrate the birth of Jesus as he is the long promised fulfillment of God's plan to bring his kingdom to earth. This means that we are a people of great hope as we look to Jesus, who is our hope for new and full life today. So this week, we respond with joy as as we reflect on Jesus with us.
2: Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah 7, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John one verse fourteen. He is the image of the invisible, God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things which whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Colossians 1, verse 15 and 19 to 20. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we are filled with joy as we reflect on your plan from the beginning of time to send your Son, full of grace and truth, into the world. We praise you for the gift of Jesus, who dwelt among us as fully God and fully man. Jesus, thank you for your reconciling work on the cross and for the way you are restoring your people to relationship with your Father. Amen.
0: Some of you who are maybe newer to the Christian faith might be wondering... Why are we singing about Israel? Why are we singing about Jesus coming to Israel? And um, God's people were Israel and have become the whole world. And so, any time that you see in Scripture Israel or you hear us singing about Israel, that's shorthand for God's people. And so, what we're singing is Jesus come. Come to your people. We're singing, Jesus, come back. Dispel the darkness, bring your light. Dispel death. And so this is a song of lament and hope. Remember Pastor Gina talked last week about this season reminding us that we still live with deep expectation. That even though Jesus has come, we are, we are this body of His on earth that is yearning, Lord, come and put things to Right? Yeah. Um, let's let's bless our children to go and um, worship the Lord downstairs. And why don't we have a seat? And before we enter into family prayer time, I'm going to call uh, Teo and Beth Beals. Where are you sitting, Teo and Beth? There you are, right there. Come on forward. Um, I think most of you will recognize Taylor and Beth. They've been worshiping with us for a few months already. And um, they are dear friends whom I have known for about 14 years. They they were um, so hospitable that when I needed a place to stay when I was in seminary, they took me into their home for a brief while. And um, that was about 14 years ago. But about 39 years ago, this couple met in Nepal, they met each other in the country of Nepal, which um, is just a tiny little place in the Himalayas tucked between India and China, if you're not familiar with where it is. Teo tells me that 30 minutes after he got off the plane uh, in his first trip to Nepal, he met Beth. Is that right, 30 minutes? Yeah. So they have been, they've they spent many years of their life in Nepal, and they have been many, many times as medical missionaries working there, and they're about to leave again in early January. Um, To go, and they'll tell us what they're going to do. I won't give it away, but they're going to go again for about a month, and so we're going to send them as a congregation. We're going to pray for them. But first, let's hear from the two of you um, what what you will be doing in Nepal this time. Where's that handheld? It should be on. Let's see. No, we can just use this one. That's okay.
3: Okay. So this time we're not going as official missionaries. Our assignment is to take 10 Calvin College students to the country of Nepal for their January term. And uh, we have three simple objectives for them. One is, what is it like to live in a different culture? Second, what is it like to practice medicine in a third world context? Seven of our students are pre-med, and three of them are nursing. And the third objective is, what does Jesus ask you to do with the rest of your life? And we did this for the first time last year, and we had a great experience. So our prayer is that this year, again, we will able to open the eyes of the students for the suffering that occurs in Nepal, for the wonderful people that live there, for the fact that being a missionary is a good option for your life. And also to open their hearts for listening to the the voice of God. And in closing, I have two short segments from the blogs that the students wrote last year. First one is this one. Throughout the trip... My eyes have been opened to a culture that is completely different from my own. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. Living in Grand Rapids, it becomes very easy to become caught up in life and forget that there is so much more in the world than what we can see. Being completely immersed in Nepali culture has taught me that there is so much more in the world than anything I thought I knew. I've grown so fond of the people here and how they so gracefully and lovingly will invite 12 people into their homes. I've also seen more compassion in Nepal than I've seen anywhere else at home. Throughout this trip, I've learned the true meaning of caring for the least of these. After spending numerous days in the hospital, I've watched doctors, nurses, and pastoral care team members show the love of Christ through the way they treat patients, my time in United Mission Hospital taught me what it means to truly listen and communicate with patients and what personality traits are essential to becoming one of God's physicians.
2: Well, while I have this in my hand, I'll talk. Um when I was there 37 years ago, I was uh, teaching Nepali students, and that's great. But this time, I consider myself passing the torch. It's like the younger generation, okay, you go. You go do things and take over. I'm getting too old for this. And um, so it's like it's fun to watch these nursing students' eyes just pop open and um, see what they can do over there or wherever you find people who need help. And I just want... Uh, Sometimes our fears are silly, and I think I have one fear, and I'll confess it here. I hate to fly. Um, So prayers for so I can just forget that I'm flying.
3: This is the last (coughs) brief blog entry. This trip has also been significant for me because it has given me a chance to explore a new side to my Christian faith. We have discussed faith, prayer, and healing in the Christian medical dental nursing context. With this in mind, we were encouraged to pray for the patients we encountered and for healing in our own lives. As a staunch doubter of the ability to heal people through prayer, I was unprepared for some of the stories and experiences I've had here in Tanzania. However, I now have a new perspective that the Christian God is powerful enough to save people from their various illness. Also, I feel that persistent, prayerful knocking can have a real effect on people's lives. Overall, my brief time in Nepal has opened many doors in my heart. It has inspired a love for the country of Nepal, something that I would hope would happen. Additionally, I came to understand some of the struggles and the joys of lives of medical missionaries. I entered this trip with an open mind, and now I feel my mind is closed. I would like to serve abroad once I am trained to be a dentist. Additionally, this trip has helped me to let go of my limited view of the Holy Spirit's ability. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And this is our prayer for the trip, that the students will open their hearts for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your prayers.
0: Thank you, Teo and Beth, for um, doing such a wonderful job of knowing, helping us to know how we can be praying for you um, and for being vulnerable about your fears. I was going to ask, how can we pray for the two of you? So let's do this, church family. Um, let's just spend the first couple minutes of um, family prayer holding our other prayer requests off for a moment. Let's pray for Teo and Beth and for the team. And then we'll transition and um, pray the other things that are on our hearts, okay? Let's go to prayer. echo that prayer that um, Dane just prayed, and the Lord was highlighting the scripture from Acts chapter 18, where um, Paul, who was serving in a foreign context, um, had a vision from the Lord, and the Lord said to him, do not be afraid, keep on speaking, do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack or harm you, because I have many people in this city, and I just sense to pray for um, boldness for the two of you. Um, that there will be much resistance to the ministry of Jesus and the proclamation of the name of Jesus. And um, we say to you, do not be afraid, and the Lord says, do not be afraid, I am with you. And so Lord, we pray just for a strengthening of Teo and Beth's hearts and um, just a moment-by-moment encouragement of your presence with them. we pray for the unity of their team. We ask that you would make them one in love and one in you. Lord, you said that this is how the world would know uh, that you are alive and real, uh, that we love each other. And so we pray that you take this group of people that may or may not know each other very well and that you would um, bless them to really um, love each other over these next few weeks and weave their hearts together in you.
2: pray for um, this Christmas season I remember a prayer that Maddie had last week where as we gather for Christmas and families get together um, Lord I pray for those broken families that um, struggle to share the love of Christ with each other Lord I pray that you would be reborn into those families, that Jesus would be reborn, Lord I pray that you would reveal yourself, I pray that there would be an extent of grace Yourself, Lord, I pray that there would be unity and that there would be more joy in Jesus.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Lord God, one of the things that we continue to lament as we live in this world is the ache of loneliness that so many people um, experience and live with regularly. And um, we pray, Lord, even for those in our church family and in our midst um, who feel alone so often of the time, for a sense of the nearness of your presence that you would um, draw each one into um, their worth, their worth as a beloved child of yours. And Lord, where where we are um, needing to be more connected to each other in community, would you draw us together um, so that as that hymn um, we sang last week said, that the soul felt its worth when you came into this world, Um, you showed us what each one of us was worth by the price that you paid. And so, Lord, would you draw us each into the experience of our worth? And one of the ways that that is expressed is just that other people want to be with us. And so, Lord, knit us together and help us to express to each other uh, at this time where many of us are experiencing loneliness just how special each one is. Lord, we... um, Turn our hearts now toward your word and the way in which you will express that specialness to us. And we pray, um, open our hearts to hear from you. And would you clearly empower Pastor Gina to bring this good news. We ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen.
1: Lord, you are Emmanuel. You are God with us. And we pray now that you would illuminate your scripture, that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive that which you have for us this morning. Lord, I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper in Jesus' name. And so, God, um, even as Dane prayed about the angels of the Lord encamping around those who fear you lord we express our reverence and awe of you and we trust you lead on king jesus we pray in your holy name amen Amen. you can be seated and um, as you're seated and as they're getting the um, slides up i wanted to make sure that each of you received one of these little slips when you came in and are there some of you that didn't get one of these slips and so um, might you guys keep your hands up if you need one of those um, slips. And uh, we're going to take a minute, if you've got that slip, to fill it in. And so it's very simply, before you had Jesus in your life, there's a word or two to describe that, an adjective that you might use. And since Jesus has been in your life, how would you describe Maybe there's been a change there. And so we've still got some hands up. And so, um, yeah, here we go. Good. So Brendan probably needs one now. No, you go, you're you good. All right. Everybody's got one. You're filling it in. Or something that you're thankful for. All right. So everybody's filling that in. We're going to take just a minute to to get that. Going to look for smiling faces when you're ready. It's good to see some smiles, right? Christmas cheer? We ready? I see some more smiles. I think we're ready to move on. All right. Mind blowing joy. The story of love is what I've entitled this sermon. And we're going to look at Luke 24. We're nearing the end of our. multi-year series on Luke. And so this story is just a beautiful story of Jesus' appearance to his beloved disciples. And so we're in Luke 24, starting with verse 36 this morning. And so you might read along with me, Um, not out loud, but as I read. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them And said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. So, mind-blowing joy. They were reunited with Jesus. And I was trying to imagine this week what it looks like for that joyful reunion. And I ran across this um, painting by um, Norman Rockwell. And um, anyway, a picture of a Christmas reunion. And I was thinking about how that we all long to be in fellowship, even as Pastor Dave prayed about that sense of one community. I started thinking, letting my mind wander about when have I had a joyful reunion? Like, where has it been that there was just this mind blowing joy? And so I remembered some of the details, but not all of them. So I checked in with my sister to see if she could help me fill in the gaps. It wasn't that helpful, other than to say, yes, there was this trip. But um, if you remember, I, or maybe you don't know, but I grew up in the South. But my family was all from the Appalachia region of Kentucky. So Kentucky, West Virginia, right, where they kind of come together. We always lived far away. And so at least once a year, we would go and make a trip. And at some point growing up, I remember we made a surprise trip to Kentucky. And so this surprise trip, we couldn't wait. I mean, we as kids were excited about it. Um, We were going to surprise our grandmas and our aunts and uncles. And... um, And so the anticipation built, and then um, this lets you all know that contextually, like culturally, things are different. So I'm going to tell you what it sounded like and what it looked like when we showed up in Kentucky, surprised my family. And so we get there, and there's my uncle, barefoot in his jeans, toothless, with a chew of tobacco in and his brass spittoon, and we show up, and he's like, well, I'll be diddly-dad-burn. <laughs> and then my aunt was going, lozzy me, lozzy me. Oh, lozzy me, Jim, did you see that? Whoa, whoa, they're here. And then my grandma goes, well. <laughs> you know, and that's pretty much all she'd say. Well. And, um, and then there's the aunt that's the cheek pincher. And she just like, oh, bless you, bless you. And she's just pinching my cheeks, and it's way too hard. And then there's the one that does the love pats, and they're way too hard, too. But, oh, you're here, you're here, you know, touching me and, you know, pinching and lozzy and diddly-dad burn, you know. I mean, this is my family having the most incredible reunion. And I think this is a glimpse we were just out of state, right? We were just out of state, and we show up unannounced. Jesus was dead, and he shows up. And this reunion, this mind-blowing reunion, there's fear. They, they're like, oh, because, I mean, it wasn't like he just came from out of state. He came from the grave. Think about it. And so they're thinking there's a ghost, and so they were fearful, now, some of you grew up reading C.S. Lewis. I read cartoons. And so um, <clears throat> I like the cartoons where there would be a picture and then like a call-out to tell you kind of what that cat was thinking. You know, and there'd be maybe a light bulb that was going on when that, light, when that cat was thinking something. All right? And so I can imagine that they're there, and their brains have a light bulb going on like, Jesus is here can't be, you know, and then you'd see the little X or cross across it, like, no light bulb, light bulb, yes, he is here, no, he can't be, like, alive, dead, like, dead, life, how, how can this be that Jesus is here, this can't be possible, because their worldview said, you live and you die, how is it that he is alive, and I think there was this tension in them of, like, incredible excitement, and joy, and that's, what it's, that's really what this is saying when it says um, in verse 41, and while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, they really were believing, it's just that they couldn't believe it. It was like when my cousins got out in the kitchen with me after we got to Kentucky, and they'd be like, I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. You're here. I can't believe it. They did believe it. I was standing right there. But yet, it's like, I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting this. This is too good to be true, right? And so Jesus is there in their midst. And so what starts out as fear just turns into this incredible joy. And they had to do some touching. Because different ones of us learn in different ways. And um, so, you know, some of us are tactile learners. You know, you're with me. I just need to just reach out and touch you. Jesus had these scars in his hands. He had these nails in his feet. They just needed to come close like, you're you're really okay, you're really here. you are really here. you are really here, Jesus, you are really here, and so I don't see this as being so much doubt as I see it being their worldview is just being blown because Everything they had known in the physical, there was this supernatural that was a kingdom that ruled and reigned in ways that they were being exposed to. And they just needed to touch him. They just needed to pinch his cheeks, so to speak. Right? Just, you're here. You're here. You're here. Mind-blowing resurrection. Mind-opening Revelation. Some of you are familiar with this trend among pregnant couples these days that they have these gender reveal parties. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A few of you? Some of you? Let me just fill you in on what this is. Used to, we waited until the baby was born, and then we said it's a boy or a girl. But now with ultrasound, people find out sooner. And so some people choose to find out, and then they like to celebrate this and have a party So that everybody else can find out this big surprise and so some are quite elaborate and maybe they put the inside of the cake with the frosting either pink or blue or in this case this couple has this box and at the appropriate time they're going to open the box and these helium balloons come out and it's a girl, and then everybody is excited because there's this reveal There's so much excitement and so much joy around this announcement of something that wasn't known before and now gets known and proclaimed. Scripture tells us that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. Friends, I think that he couldn't wait to get to this reveal party where he was going to be with his disciples and reveal the truth that he was the Messiah, the one who was risen from the de- dead. He was bodily resurrected, and there he stood. I think Jesus was so excited for this reveal party, this joy that they would then enter into his joy. It would be made full because they would recognize there is life after death. There is hope Death doesn't get the victory. Sin doesn't get the victory. And they were still trying to make sense of this because remember, they just got shocked. It was like when we showed up at Grandma's house, Losty me, losty me, Jesus, you're here, you're here. Oh, how can this be? How can this be? And so he starts to open their minds. It says he opens their minds to the scripture and he starts to tell them the love story. The love story that started at the very beginning. And it goes right up through the scriptures that they had. And so there was everything that had been prophesied. Everything from the um, prophets. Everything from Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. He says, um, yeah, it says, and he told them, this is what is written, verse 46. This is what is written. When it says, it is what is written, this was the story from all along. That's what it's saying. This was the longstanding plan of my father that I, the son, and the Holy Spirit have been looking forward to revealing. I'm here to show you the depth of God's love that even when man would fall into sin and fall apart, there's been a plan from the beginning, and it just hasn't been, it's like people could believe it, But they couldn't believe it because they couldn't see it. And they wanted to believe it. And they were waiting for this Messiah. And the Messiah is there. And so he says, this is the love story. This is what has been predicted. And I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. It's a revelation of the faithfulness of God. He took them through the scripture. Have you ever seen Pastor Dave and I get excited about teaching the Bible? Can you imagine Jesus' enthusiasm about opening up the scriptures and saying, this is what, this is what, this is what, except he was rolling it in a scroll instead of flipping through some pages like we have it bound up. He was rolling it through and saying, this is what it meant that God was going to have a people and that they would bless the nations through Abraham. This is what it was. This is what's been coming. I'm here, and even as I've been a witness of my father's kingdom, you're going to be a witness of my father's kingdom. Repentance for, and in a very literal Greek translation, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name, to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Jesus says there's going to be a preaching about repentance, which means turning towards God, turning away from your own plans. When do we make our own plans? When we think somebody else isn't making them and doesn't have it handled, right? And so people have been working on their own plans, and he's saying there's going to be repentance. There's going to be this turning towards God's plan because, you know what, my father's had this all along. You just didn't understand it. And there's going to be a preaching of the forgiveness of sins. There's going to be a preaching of the forgiveness of sins made possible by what Jesus had done. And it's going to go to all nations. Now this picture, we've got two pictures here. I grabbed them from um, Bridge Street House of Prayer website, that hand. You know, okay, so we're going to preach and we're going to start here in the city and then we're going to go out. And so Beth and Tao, this is a picture from a previous trip with um, some in Nepal in that medical setting. Actually, the the skin tones would be reversed if you think about it, right? The people that Jesus was talking to were darker skinned. And it's going to go to people that look like this or in others around the world. But there's going to be this preaching and this proclamation and it's going to go out in rippling effects. And this has been what the Lord had planned all along, because even when um, God showed up to Abraham, he said, I'm going to make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And he says, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It's been God's plan all along, just like Pastor Dave was saying, Israel, my chosen people, the earth, the earth. There's going to be this repentance and this proclamation. And he also says, and you're going to be my witnesses, but wait until you receive what's been promised. You'll be clothed with power. And we're going to say more about this starting in um, January. We're going to move from Luke into Acts. But, um, yeah, it's going to be good. You don't want to miss New Year's Day. Mm. Um, You don't want to miss any Sunday. But you'll be clothed with power from on high, this promised power. This isn't something that Jesus is just now introducing because in Luke 1 already, there was this quote from um, Zechariah, and he says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who remembers his holy covenant to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear all the days of our lives. He's going to enable us. This plan has been from the beginning that God would enable us. He would empower us. He would clothe us with power from on high to be his witnesses. Stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. And inquiring minds want to say, well, why? Why? Well, think about it. Jesus knows these people that he's talking to yeah, they had been enthusiastic. They had been his followers and they had dropped off as soon as things got rough. He recognizes that the adrenaline in the room is not sustainable. How long can adrenaline keep you running before you crash? I'm talking to a medical doctor here, but it's not it's not sustainable to run on adrenaline. We need the empowering work of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus knew that as excited as these disciples would be Right there in this reunion, they needed to wait and be clothed with power from on high, and we're going to talk about that more. But this is about receiving the inheritance, receiving that promised enablement that God had planned all along. And a pastor, I ran across this quote, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Many men, and I'd say women today, are running on adrenaline and not anointing. We need the anointing. We need the empowering, the enabling of the Holy Spirit as we step out to um, share the good news of God's love. And so, Pastor Dave, a few weeks ago in a sermon, says, what does this mean on Monday for me? And I want to say, what does this mean for us every day that Jesus came and showed up for his, in bodily form to his disciples? What does it mean that they encountered the living Jesus? It means that there's peace Just as there was peace for us, he said, peace. The first thing he said to them was peace. There's peace for us. Even as he walked into that room of people who loved him but also had deserted him, he says, peace. There's a forgiveness of sins. Even if you look at this text and look at the way it's told in John, you'll see that forgiveness is right in there. And so there's a forgiveness. because We don't have to fear judgment because Jesus is with us and he came with compassion, forgiveness, and love. And so we can have peace and security. We know that Jesus shows up even in our most desperate and sad times. Jesus shows up. We can have hope a secure hope, a hope that goes beyond anything that we understand in this world and in our earthly existence, right? Sometimes things, God blows our minds. We don't know. Stephanie, I'm thinking about your car. We don't know how that car situation, your car is dead. We need a resurrection of that car or a replacement for that car. You know, somebody else is saying, what about my rent this month? Or what about my health? We have hope because we have a living Jesus. And even as the disciples were wondering, what are we going to do when we're facing a world that just crucified the one that we love, and Jesus shows up, and suddenly they're full of hope. And that hope isn't just for a few. That hope is for the world. And the Lord empowers us and helps us to share the good news that we've encountered the living Lord. And that there's hope for you, too, because it isn't just hope for me. There's hope for you, too. There's joy because we get to be a part of the big reveal. We get to take the top off the box, so to speak, and reveal the good news that there is a God who loves his people and his creation. And he's sending Jesus to come back. And we get to tell that good news. We get to be a part of a reveal party and it's bigger than a gender reveal party it's about the revelation of redemption about saving the world being witnesses now you say they were eyewitnesses how can i be a witness well they were eyewitnesses yes they were But they were also testifying to the significance of Jesus in their life. And so as we have encountered Luke, and we've gone through story after story after story of Jesus and his good news, what did he do? He came and he healed. He came and he cast out demons. He came and he divided the bread. And he made these couple little things stretch and stretch and stretch. And there were still leftovers afterwards. There was this. Evidence, the significance of what Jesus had meant. He started to set things right. He started to bring the kingdom. And we get to reveal to people how it is that Jesus has brought the kingdom and the goodness of God into our lives. And that's what you have written on your little sheets. We're going to have our own little reveal party here right now. We're going to practice Testifying, We're going to practice witnessing. We're going to practice speaking words that we someday will speak to somebody out at the bus stop, somebody out in the parking lot, somebody in my classroom, somebody in the office, somebody at a family gathering. We're going to say what we might share about what was it like before Jesus was in my life and then since then or something that we give God thanks we thank god because we know there is a god because this thing happened in my life and we're thankful for it and so right now we're going to have an opportunity for you to um, raise your hand and we're going to share but i'm going to start so that you've still if you haven't filled in your sheet you've got another minute but i want to tell you that before jesus in my life i was always striving and i feel like that increasingly i'm secure I also want to tell you that before Jesus in my life, I was searching. And since Jesus in my life, increasingly I'm finding myself satisfied in him. You've got your own stories, your own words, and so we're eager to have you share those words. And so somebody's ready. Tammy's ready.
2: Before Jesus came into my life,
1: was very dysfunctional and chaotic for 40 years. Since he's been in my life, it's been much better, and I've been very happy. And I am in loving him for being a child of his. And then I thank the Lord for coming into my life and showing me an unselfish love from the heart. And Jesus didn't push me away. He takes me in his arms and loves me for me. Amen.
3: So before Jesus was in my life, I felt confusion. And since Jesus came, I have peace. You listed that on the slide. So I thank God for his presence and changing my life.
2: Before Jesus in my life, I felt guilty. Since Jesus is in my life, I know I'm forgiven and I thank God for salvation. Jesus in my life I was completely self-centered and
1: since Jesus is in my life I am much more Christ-centered and I thank God for choosing us before we chose him and redeeming sinners like me
2: I thank God for um, helping me um, I' not helping me yeah, he helped me of course but um, for for healing me so that I don't have to have the colon surgery that they thought I was going to have to have. And um, I don't know if people remember that, but last year, and um, Pastor Gina came and prayed over me and everything, and my sisters, and anointed my head with oil, and it took away the big abscess that they were going to have to put a drain in and all that, so then now I went to the doctor last week, and he says I don't have to have the colon surgery, so amen for that.
1: Before Jesus in my life, I was stressed out and burned out. And since Jesus is in my life, um, now I'm resting in his goodness and his empowerment.
0: Before Jesus in my life, uh, I was a slave to sin. And since Jesus in my life, I am free. And uh, that sounds very general, but that's, that's very specific. And I, I see how God has set me free.
3: I was... Uh... A little different in that I've always had Christ in my life. Um, Mom was saying, "Hey, sing, sing in front of these ladies group," and uh, it just was never a, a thought that I was out of Christ. Did I sin? Yeah, I did, but it was never. I always had a guilt in my in my heart that uh, yeah, I got to work on that. I got to work on that, and then as you get older, you see a little more light and you see a little more joy. And then uh, it just gets better and better and better. Uh, Yes, i like to thank Jesus in my life. I was empty and dark. Very empty and dark in my life. And, and And now since Jesus is in my life, I'm full of love, hope, and I share that with everybody that I see today so that they can understand that the Lord loves us no matter who we are. And I thank God For all of you, every day. Every day, because you all prayed for me. So I know the Lord brought me to the right place. And I'd like to just thank all of you this holiday season.
1: Before Jesus in my life, my life was lonely, and I didn't think I had a friend to lean on. Since Jesus is in my life, I'm a more happier person. I now have a lot of friends that love me. I I thank God for... I'm, I am thankful to have Jesus
2: in my life. I thank him for dying on the cross for me. So before Jesus in my life, I would say shame, experiencing a lot of shame. And since
1: Jesus in my life... Um, I have experienced forgiveness and freedom and healing and joy again and hope. And I'm thankful
2: for grace. It's the most important thing. Before Jesus in my life, I was full of anger and very cold and felt like it was me against the world and emptiness. And with Jesus in my life, there's a hope now. There's a community, sense of community that he's placed me in. Even when I let that community down or perceive that they let me down. The hope is still there that Jesus is my Lord and Savior and He is working all things to good. My my uh, thanks to God is for His faithfulness even when my faith, faith may be weakened or shaken and I'm not as loyal to Him as I, I should be. His faith, faithfulness is always there and all I have to do is seek Him and praise Him and He answers and works all things to His good.
1: Amen.
0: before jesus i was hopeless and alone and my family was so broken it seemed impossible that there could ever be any healing um and since jesus came into my life i've i've had friends i've had family i've had hope and and god has brought an incredible healing and restoration to my family
2: Before Jesus was in my life, I was insecure, Um, but now that Jesus is in my life, I feel empowered. Before Jesus in my life, I, was, uh, I had a hopeless outlook because everything was dependent upon circumstances and people and emotions. And since Jesus is in my life, I have freedom and my hope is secure. Before Jesus, it was not an issue because I was, always had his presence I was raised Catholic, so I was in catechism from the time I can remember. But since Jesus is in my life, I never, ever feel alone, ever. I thank God for improved health and the wealth of love I receive from family, friends, and my church.
0: Before Jesus in my life, there was much darkness without hope. But since Jesus is in my life, there is light and there is hope. And I thank God for transforming me through his truth and filling me with his light. Jesus was in my life. I was in the church, uh, but didn't know Jesus. And um, I was caught in sin, a lot of it. And so I lived a dual, divided life. I um, really didn't like myself to the point of self-hatred. So really, really self-critical. And I knew no grace. And when I got to know Jesus, I got to meet grace and have um, my shame taken away, my sins taken away, and I begin to learn appropriate self-love that flowed from God's love. Yeah, and I I don't have enough time to tell you what I'm thankful for. (laughs) But I'll just say one thing. I'm really thankful for all of you. I'm, I'm thankful for the life that we share together as a church family. And I'm just for this space where we can share with each other the hope that we have. Because if you're going to share anything with someone, you have to embody it in yourself. And I'm just struck by how we as a community really embody hope. And we embody the love of Jesus in our midst, and we embody joy. I was thinking during the sermon about how Pastor Gina embodied all those things while she was preaching. (laughs) That was really clear. And now I see us um, just reflecting Jesus to each other. And I think it's really beautiful to the point of tears.
1: He um, he shared the thankfulness of um, this body. And I want to just say yes. I thank God for each of you. I thank God for a church that loves each other. And that is a work of the living Lord Jesus. That's his Holy Spirit at work in and among us. And so I praise God for his work in you and in you and in you and each of you because he is knitting us together with these incredible loving bonds that is attractive and the world pays attention and sees. And so even as we've been sharing, I hope that you feel hope. I trust that the Lord's raising hope and joy in you. And know that it is when we're awaiting Jesus in this season of Advent, we're awaiting love. We're awaiting the arrival of the Messiah, of the Christ, who has loved us enough that he would come to save us from our sins and to invite us into this fellowship that's just going to grow and grow and grow like ripples going out, the love of God going out into this west side, into the world. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the ways that you have been revealing yourself, Jesus, as alive and active by the work of your spirit in our midst. And we pray, King Jesus, be exalted in this place be exalted in our hearts, and help us to be those that would be ready at any time to share a bit of the story of what you've meant in our lives.
2: We give you praise in your name. Amen.